Welcome to Game and Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we have been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we are talking about uh, the film uh, in one of the more beloved franchises in horror movie history, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. Yes. We're the Dream Warriors. Well, I like to think that we are. Usually in my dreams, I'm just running away from my anxieties or falling off buildings, um, which actually kind of the same thing for these kids. Pretty, pretty consistent with this. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. would say my, my dream self is uh, pretty much always a victim uh, and never uh, gets the better of whatever is oppressing me. <laughs> exactly. This is, would you uh, fair to say, like big 80s horror schlock fest? Oh, my gosh. Yes. But like the kind that I love. Oh, exactly. Yeah. There aren't. I, I, this is a really this is a take that I haven't rehearsed at all and it's probably way out of line there's not a whole lot from the 80s that i love i agree or that's <laughs> i'm not a big 80s salvaging. guy I, I yeah but uh, but horror movies from the 80s are generally pretty consistently fun i they agree. can be terrible and, and and i'm also but there's also like schlocky from the u.s standpoint i feel i feel like a lot of the u.s horror movies were schlocky but they're like there's whole that whole bit of like 80s horror that came from italy around mm. the same time um that i'm the, the director's name night killer me right now well, well night killer yeah there you yeah. go but i'm thinking like suspiria I, I can't believe i'm forgetting the name oh uh dario argento like something like that like that's like while they were out there trying really hard uh people in the u.s were making dream warriors and i say that with so much love oh it's so good it's such a good movie um this movie released in 1987 so a bit of the tail end to the 80s a weird fact i found was that this was banned in australia until 1990 now you may be thinking possibly for the violent content because typically nightmare on elm street freddy is very creative about how he kills the kids um, in 19, or, I'm sorry, in Australia, this was banned for drug content. Um, <laughs> there are drugs, but it basically only shows the evils of drugs. Would you yeah, say that's I would say this movie is pretty, pretty anti-drugs. It's anti-drug, yeah. So I, I think that's very strange. And aggressively anti-suicide. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that's definitely true. Um, but tell us about the development of this film. So this was directed by Chuck Russell. He is known if, if you're if you're like, oh, I know that guy. You're a liar. Uh, but he directed the, the most <laughs> possibly the most middle of the road films. Yeah. You can imagine. And when I was when I said you, I was talking about like you, everyone like you one, specifically the hypothetical. One. Yeah. Uh, the mask eraser, the, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger gem, the remake of the blob, which actually is pretty good. Uh, and the Scorpion King, what a trash heap that movie is. So here's the thing about the Scorpion King, just to do a quick Scorpion King aside, that movie gets a lot of trash because of how horrific the CGI was. Um, and also how the rock was, you know, still pretty rusty on his acting. Um, I haven't really, has anyone reevaluated it for like the script? Uh, no, but you know, I'm, I'm tempted to go back and rewatch it. I have a weird, uh, if, if while we're still in uh, Scorpion King corner, I've got a weird Scorpion King memory of, I saw it with Brian in the, in the theaters and like the movie opens in like the Himalayas or something. And there's this like 
the first thing like this guy pops on the screen with like some bandage on his face or it's just this old dude and me and brian look at each other we're like are we in the right movie <laughs> like we were just expecting it to be like very mummy like and there was like snow or something and we're like what the fuck is happening um scorpion king not not a great movie uh, but maybe he deserves a second chance. Well, that's the thing. Maybe underneath all the terrible CGI is a good film. We don't know. Yeah. Um, Chuck Russell aside, this movie has input from some pretty reputable people. Uh, Wes Craven, who directed the original, was one of the four writers of this movie. And notably other writer, Frank Darabont. Yeah, who, I was very uh, curious when I saw him on that list. Because, I didn't know that. No. Even though I watched this movie before and I just must have... I saw the credits. I must not have uh, registered it, but yeah, Frank Darabont of Shawshank and Green Mile and Walking Many Dead Stephen and King The Mist adaptation. Yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Um, good guy. Uh, yeah. So I was looking into the writing of this. Um, as you mentioned, there were four writers, which typically uh, in Hollywood speak means you know drafts and rewrites. Uh, the first draft, I thought this was very strange, and I'm glad they moved away from this idea. The first draft featured a completely invulnerable, omnipotent Freddy. Mm-mm. Freddy was essentially God. He could not be stopped, um, which would make a really kind of boring movie. Freddy essentially can't be stopped in this film until the, the very end, which is fun. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, he's got to be taken out somehow, right? Yeah. Um, the idea of a someone who can kill you in your dreams that can't be killed is like, you know, pretty terrifying to think about it's a little about. it's a little op uh, it, it is oh yeah it's, it's very op i actually think wes craven i don't know if it was his idea but i know that in new nightmare he because they redesigned the look of freddy and apparently that's like the way wes craven always pictured him and i also think that freddy can't be killed in that i actually can't remember but i i wouldn't be su- surprised me if wes craven was the one behind this kind of omnip- omnipotent freddy idea Okay, so which writer do you think nerfed the OP Freddy? To, oh. use, to use gamer language, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I I actually can only think of it was just Chuck Russell a uh, a writer on it too. I don't know, but would you say that the OP Freddy got nerfed? <laughs> oh, so it was more about the question and not the answer. I I would. I just want to say that. Wanted to say, oh, I just want to say, say that, nerfing Freddy. That OP Freddy got nerfed. I would agree with OP Freddy getting nerfed. Yes. Yeah, Can yeah. you play as Freddy in the hypothetical Dream Warriors fighting game? Um, let's save that for video <laughs> game corner. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the other original ideas was that children from around the area would have these dreams of Freddy and have him kind of be influencing them and whispering in uh, their ear and they would go to the town where the, the films take place to commit suicide, um, which is also very dark. Very. Um, part of that subplot sort of remains in here, um, but uh, to a much lesser extent. Yeah. Wes Craven, I also didn't realize this. He did not have involvement in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He did not care for Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I guess. Um, he pitched some ideas for three, uh, and helped develop three mainly because he wanted three to end the series, um, which, you know, both he changed his mind on. And of course the studio changed their mind on. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the music was composed by David Lynch's guy, Angelo Badalamenti. Yeah. And there's strains of it. I would say it's a more restrained soundtrack than a lot of Lynch works, but there is definitely strange, 
or I'm sorry, strains of, of that Lynchian soundtrack sound. Yeah. I mean, there's, this is, this, the soundtrack is very eighties and to be honest, I can't tell a lot of eighties music apart. No. Like the whole synth element, like when, when horror went through that synth phase, it's very hard to, to tell some of them apart. Um, this movie was pretty well received overall. Um, some critics like Roger Ebert uh, hated it, uh, which, you know, whatever. He's, he's hit or miss sometimes, although. Well, I, I, think, too, I think, too, critic. a lot of times when you look back at some films, when the market was inundated with like types of films, um, I think things get lost in the shuffle. Um, yeah. I think like, you know, when we look back at it now, as an example of that schlocky 80s horror, it, it stands out as an absolute gem. Yes. And, you know, in that decade when it was flooded with schlocky 80s horror, I could see people perhaps not being as generous. to. This. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And like, I think that the criticisms and the praises that are heaped on this movie are going to be extremely consistent with us. Not to say we're not going to have any fresh takes it's just the so the dream sequences in this movie which we'll get into in a lot more detail are pretty awesome um like really good the The directing in this movie is competent at best look at me talking about what directing is competent and uh, as someone who has no directing experience almost no directing experience but whatever it's not very well directed um and some of the acting is uh pretty terrible but you know Come on, it's an 80s horror movie. What yeah, but exactly. I mean, those are features to me, not bugs. I yeah, exactly. I, I this when is a, I, this is a fantastic movie. It is. And when I was looking up information about this film, uh Dream Warriors shows up pretty consistently in people's top, like top three of best nightmare and elm street movies. Yeah, and so, so among the community, I think it has a pretty good reputation. Yeah, and I'd say that's consistent with how we feel about it too. Yeah, yeah. Should we get into it? We could talk Let's, about the characters as we go. Yeah, because I mean, they have one trait uh, that's brought up and used. Yeah. Uh, and then that's about it. Except I would say with main character, Kristen. Oh, well, actually, I mean, we were, I guess we were kind of talked about this before. We got to talk about it for the pod. What was your first experience with this movie? Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, okay, so I remember seeing this movie edited for television several times uh, when I was a kid, probably on, you know, like UPN or something like that, or maybe even Sven Gulli, um to to quote a very regional Chicago area I wonder thing. If it, I don't remember seeing it on Sven Gulli, but it might have been. I remember I, seeing this edited for television too, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just assuming Sven Gulli covered it, but I know I saw it edited for television uh, several times. And I remember as a kid, I loved the Dream Warrior idea. Uh, here, Basically, here's how I remember the film, seeing it edited for television as a small child. I remember the boy was a wizard and he could walk in his dream and he used wizard powers to beat Freddy and the Dream Warriors <laughs> fought Freddy in the dream world and they won and it was great. And that's what I remember. Yeah, is, is, God, isn't that just like the most like younger boy way of taking, yes. like remembering a movie? And then, and then going back seeing his war wizard powers now and i say that with air quotes <laughs> yeah, yes and then watching it now and it's like oh the dream warrior element of this film is maybe seven minutes long and all of them die <laughs> um, spoiler alert yep spoiler alert <laughs> they almost all die yeah. oh my gosh i i wish we could just like show a video about I, there were like barbie which is so bad we could have like filmed this 
and spliced in clips of what we're talking about. Cause there, there are some subtle things that I notice in this movie that I'm going to try my best to describe, but they just cracked me up. They're just like subtleties in like bad acting. Well, the other thing too, about the dream warriors subtitle, there's also nightmare on Elm street four, which is called something also really insane. Um, new nightmare is kind of a crazy name. Like they just have these like kind of ridiculous um, like names after the colon, um, yeah. And I, I wonder if that's all studio involvement because I, I guarantee you Wes Craven wanted this to be called Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, um, not The Dream Warriors. It, it sets up an expectation that it cannot that it, deliver. And on. it does. No, it can. It just does. <laughs> You're right. It could have. And that's even more disappointing. Right, right. I guess I get that. I just mean like the dream, the, the term Dream Warrior is not used in the uh, in the movie once dream would, power is dream yeah dream power i would say they're really more like uh, they're like they're dream victims pretty much <laughs> kind of dream warriors pretty much pretty much yeah but Do you think um, this movie's just like uh it's a metaphor for don't uh, it be so for like dealing with depression um actually well, wait i hope not because it just no. then, in that case your depression gets the better of most of them yeah i just hope that well, we can get into it. Yeah. But uh, tell us who, who the, the star of this little film is. Well, first, I'm going to tell you my history with it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Look at that. We leave one thing out of the outline. And I know. It's, on. listen, it's been a long weekend. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever saw it start to finish edited for television. It's, I've, I feel like when I was really young, I caught glimpses of so many horror movies and sometimes how long I would watch would just depend entirely on how long would it be until I saw something that I'm like, that's going to give me nightmares. And then I got scared. Like, I remember like seeing like child's play too, like Chucky killed somebody. And I was like, this is terrifying. I'm turning this off. Um, I remember specifically the scene where Philip dies, his dream sequence. And that is probably the grossest thing in the entire movie um from from a body horror perspective it's yeah that's that one's rough uh and i never forgot that image and then i don't think i revisited it until maybe about five six years ago when you and i were talking about the series and you brought i think you brought it up and i was like oh man i don't think i've ever seen it start to finish and so that was i think that was the first time i ever watched it start to finish uh and very thrilled that I think you, it was your idea to do it for this one. It was, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a great idea. <laughs> uh, I will say also before we jump in fully, uh, the feeling that I got as both a kid and rewatching it. And even just from the backgrounds, yeah. this feels like a, a haunted house from start to finish, just the backgrounds yeah. like, and it, that is the feeling like you feel like you're going through a haunted house. It just has that like fun. I would say this is far more fun than horrifying. Oh, Absolutely. It's got some pretty good gross out moments, but they're yes. few and far between. Yes. Um, so, okay. So the movie opens on close-ups of Kristen. She's the main character played by a young Patricia Arquette um, making a paper mache house. We learn a little bit more about the house later. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, really quick. The, did you pay attention to the text dream warriors? It looks like cheap word art from Microsoft Word, like the oldest version of Microsoft Word possible. It's, it's It honestly looks like they just put a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and then at the last second added the Dream Warriors part. 
It doesn't well, like fit. Yeah, but because maybe at the last second they did. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so Chris and she goes to sleep. She has a dream about the house. Do you want to talk about this dream? Because this kind of really sets up like the, the whole movie is just like a bunch of different dream sequences, and we revisit this location. Yeah, so all of the dreams are insanely fun, and they're all, like, very weird and surreal. So um, this dream starts, uh, we're following a girl on a tricycle, and uh, we go to the basement where there's a boiler or a furnace. There's, which, like, some something Freddy-like down there. Yeah, chased by a, a Freddy-like being. Um, she just goes into a room where there's just a bunch of dead bodies hanging. Yeah. Um, and she sees, sees which girl she's like, like, so the, the girl that she follows in on the tricycle, she's like, so she's getting chased by Freddie and she gets her feet stuck in like tar. Mm, <laughs> she's just, yeah. And he's just like, I'm coming to get you. And she's just like, Oh no. And she's just like, just running in place. Can't get out of the tar. And then obviously right when he's about to slash her. He gets, you know, she jumps out of the tar and then the girl, he, cause he was, re- she was rescuing the girl. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention that. Like he's, she's rescuing that girl on the tricycle and then he turns, she turns down to look at her and she's like a skeleton and she like screams and wakes and wakes up, but yeah. not really. So that, okay. So this part, I remember, I remember the, the, after she wakes up, I didn't necessarily totally remember the first part, but so she wakes up and goes to her sink which this is so incredible. It's awesome. Her sink comes to life and grows like hand blades like yeah. Freddy while Freddy himself laughs in the mirror. And I, I, I can't describe to you what it looks like, like the hand blades that grow out of it's her mirror. So or I'm sorry, grow out of the sink. Creative. Yeah, it's so. And all of these are practical effects. Yeah. And, and this is all in the first 10 five to 10 minutes of the movie yeah it's it's incredible it's it's wonderful um so then the her she finally wakes up and she has her wrist slit and blood's kind of pouring out and her mom finds her and so obviously that doesn't look too great oh yeah we should mention her mom is like a real see you next tuesday she she really yeah yeah yes she really is uh and (laughs) so Kristen is then committed to a psychiatric hospital uh, where we then meet uh, or kind of who one of the heads of the hospital is Dr. Gordon, or he's, he's what he's doing is he's conducting research on a group of teenagers similar to Kristen who are all having Freddie experiences. We'll get into that more in a second. Yes. And most of whom have had suicide attempts or people believe that they were trying to commit suicide. Yes. And then also we have Lawrence Fishburne playing an orderly, which is who, well, also importantly goes by Larry Fishburne in the credits. Correct. He was Larry Fishburne for a while until like maybe like the mid nineties or something. Um, So Kristen, it kind of, we first see her again in the hospital and she's kind of resisting help. She's they're trying to put her under and she doesn't want to go to sleep for obvious reasons. Um, and then a new therapist at the hospital, Nancy Thompson, who is kind of, she's the scream queen of the nightmare on Elm street series. Yes. She survived the events of the first movie. I think the second, I don't, I haven't seen the second. Um, and she, calms Kristen down because Kristen is reciting this kind of nursery rhyme that people in Freddy's dreams, children think usually will recite. Um, I don't know what it's like 
four or five, Freddy's coming for like one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Something like that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's four or five, Freddy's coming for you. You know what? I don't know that. I don't listen. Do I repeat it every night before I go to sleep? Probably. Maybe. Um, and so like Nancy calms her down because Nancy knows, you know, the nursery rhyme. And so Kristen realizes that she's found someone who might share her trauma. Um, let's talk about Nancy before we continue. Uh, first of all, does not look as old as whatever, however old the movie thinks she is. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's a lot of things working against her here, which the movie could have corrected all of them. Yeah. So she's she's just short, shorter, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but between her haircut, the weird oversized, like old middle-aged woman clothes they give her, um, just everything makes her look like a 15 year old intern. She could yes. not look less like an actual therapist if she tried. And let's also, so uh, Heather Langenkamp, I think is the actress's name. She is only like 22 years old when she filmed this movie and she looks like 15. Yeah. Well, which makes sense because in nightmare on Elm street one, she, she was supposed to be a teenager. Right. Like, oh, which is like one. It just, it just, it kind of takes me out of the movie thinking, well, there's other things that we'll talk about with Nancy uh, where, but like one of the bigger problems I think is that she is a pretty bad actress. She is. She, she like, it's, she's, she's monotonous, but not, I wouldn't say emotionless with the way she delivers dialogue with with the way that she like kind of talks. She seems like, okay. So, so Dr. Gordon talks to her and she's like, he, this guy, like he, he couldn't sleep. He cut off his own eyelids with razor blades. And she's like, Oh God. <laughs> like, I think that's like the exact kind of delivery. Like, and, but her face, it doesn't, it's like, doesn't affect her at all. And also I'm just going to know, this is not really, this isn't like the actress's fault. So he, this is such a tiny detail, but she's sitting there with Dr. Gordon. He's telling her about like all the, all the, um, all the patients and they're kind of their what he calls it their group like psychosis or whatever. And she she looks at her wrist and goes, "Oh, I've got to go." And it is such the whole scene plays out like such a structured like shitty dialogue. Like it's just you know, beat this story, this story. Oh, look look at the time. I've got to go. And she looks at her. There's she's not wearing a watch. She looks at her. I paused it. I rewound it three times. She is not wearing a watch. And she, when she looks at her wrist and he looks at her looking at her wrist, she's not wearing a watch. And I just, for some reason, found that to be so funny because I just imagined that that was intentional. And Nancy was just like, I need to get out of this fucking conversation with this guy. Which this, makes this, no sense for what we see of them later. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. I think part of that too is I think if you're the main character in a type of movie like Nightmare on Elm Street, you're kind of at an 11 most of the time, which actually for acting is kind of easy, right? It's like right. being at an 11 is is easy acting. Being at like a five is hard. Right. Um, and Nancy in this film has to take on like a calmer um, advisory role, like, you know, relegated a bit to the side. Yeah. And like, it's hard to act like the, you know, calm, collected, in control, um, experienced doctor. Right. Uh, when you yourself are like 22 years it, old. It, it is, but like, so for someone who survived such traumatic events, the actor is not playing 
the Nancy character. True. Like True. everything, like she isn't carrying any, or she's she's playing Nancy like she isn't carrying any trauma. Like the, the two comparisons that came to mind were like Laurie Strode and Sidney Prescott. And both like Nev Campbell and Jen, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis like are just better at playing like those they show up and you're just like fuck they've been through some shit you would never know nancy went through any of this even after she says she went through it because she doesn't convince you with her acting like all well and if you do if you couldn't make up for the acting which maybe you couldn't just like give her more signifiers that add to her character give her like deep bags under her eyes make her hair all disheveled don't make her look like a doll Right. And then that could connect to like, you know, things later with the medication she's taking. Yeah. Yeah. If you just make her this like weird, stiff, polite doll, like it just, she doesn't have the impact she should. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Dr. Gordon, after he meets Nancy for the first time, he sees kind of like quickly in a, in a very horror, like cheesy horror movie way, like this, like old woman appear. This is like, we learn this is sister Mary Helena. Uh, well, that's who she is for now. Which, okay, let's stop for a second. Sure, Knowing sure, what we sure. know about Sister Mary Helena, why the fuck wouldn't she just walk up to Dr. Gordon and tell him everything? It doesn't make any sense. because, <laughs> she, she, no but, sense. but she does that like later. This time yeah. she's doing that creepy stand at a distance and watch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird. Um, which really only matters to the audience, but not the characters. Right. It's like, and this drives me insane. It's like when in choosing your own adventure books, you do different choices and they're just different entire outcomes, which yeah. means that there's no logical consistency to the underpinnings of the book. Um, like this, but go on. Yeah. Um, know, you know, so he sees her for the first time and we then meet, well, Nancy meets all of, the kind of other main characters of the game we have you mean mean film but it does feel like a game game. i I keep i'm like so excited to talk about the possibilities of this being a game um so yeah so she meets the other patients again they they're all allegedly experiencing this group psychosis obviously because adults are stupid and they don't believe kids when kids are being terrorized by um this uh nightmare creature because who why wouldn't you believe your kids believe your kids um no maybe not maybe not always uh all of them are very sleep deprived doing whatever they can to not sleep because obviously although none Um, of them really look tired but we've but there is the in addition to dr gordon she kind of appears every once in a while there is that that classic like evil nurse like slash evil doctor there's a nurse ratchet of of this movie who just won't believe them at all there's Doctor- yeah there's always the medical professional who you you think about it and you ask why did you get into medicine yeah. <laughs> like, why why did you even get into this field right like the, the your patients are desperately telling you exactly what they're thinking feeling and needing and you're just like nah yeah, yeah. um so let's talk about these other patients do we want to talk about their dream powers now or later Let's talk about them now. Let's just sure. talk about them each holistically. Do you want to just also talk about how they die? Because we can. Well, I well, mean, no, no. That, that's yeah. that to me is more relevant to like that final dream. True. But like, I, we can talk about their, their. So they don't find out their dream powers now, but we'll talk about no. them now. Um, so talk about Kincaid, who I think is your favorite. Of Kincaid the, is of my favorite. Kincaid is my favorite character in the. See, I'm doing it again. I was about to say character in the game. Uh, Kincaid is my favorite character in the movie. 
uh he's just just this big asshole he's just yeah he's such a smarmy dickhead but Uh, like but for okay but for no reason like we get no no backstory on him where he's like i'm just really nice on the inside but i act no he's just a for seemingly no reason he's a giant dick other than the fact that he's probably sleep deprived so but like in a way maybe he's the most realistic i mean i guess i'd be a dick if i would hit with sleep deprived but he also has some of like just some some of the movies like cheesiest like uh, you know supposed to be badass lines and it's just not it's not very effective but it's just funny to see him be a dick to everybody until the end when he kind of you know becomes one of the team um his dream power that he finds out later again we'll explain eventually they all go into dreams um they end up sharing dreams together and learning that they all have a, a specific power um First, we get Kristen's, which actually, let's just say get Kristen's out of the way. Kristen can bring other people into her dreams and she can do backflips. <laughs> she knows like karate yeah. or something. Also, <laughs> yeah. And it's used to fight Freddy like once and it's incredible. It is. Uh, can get a super strength, which he basically only uses to bend a chair yes. and break through a wall. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> yes. And basically they're like, how can we show super strength on a shoestring budget? Do, do you want to talk about Will, my second favorite? Will was <laughs> Will was absolutely my favorite uh, as a child. Will is no longer my favorite. <laughs> Will is well. just a laughable Will, character. Yeah. So Will uh, is a young man in a wheelchair um, and he attempted to commit suicide in the real world. Or, I mean, again, it's unclear, you know, did Freddie make him? Um, did he genuinely try and kill himself? Or did it just seem like he was, you know, in the same way as Kristen? Um, it's not totally clear. But he loves Dungeons and Dragons, which makes sense because, you know, late 80s at the time, D&D. Oh, was yeah. Big. Um, and so he loves D&D. Uh, and he plays D&D with the other kids in the psychiatric hospital. And so his dream warrior character is he's a wizard. Which, like, the potential of that in a dreamscape is unlimited. Uh, and I feel like the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror does more with Martin being a wizard of words than Will being a wizard <laughs> battling Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Will, Will gets... <laughs> Will, would you say Will's death is the most pathetic in the entire movie? Will reminds me if in It Part 1, or no, maybe Part 2 uh, of the original Tim Curry miniseries when the guy's like, I spray you with battery acid. Uh, <laughs> and it works because he believes it's battery acid. Yeah. Imagine that, but instead it just eating him. <laughs> because that's <laughs> essentially what happens. Yeah, that's, that's a good comparison. Yeah. So... Joey is the next one. He is, I don't think we ever see his dream power. He is mute. I don't know if he's actually mute. I don't think the movie says if he's mute because he's experienced trauma from his encounters with Freddy or if he actually can't speak. Well, his dream power is his voice. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. He is, he has, he has the ability to speak in the dreams and it's like so like, it's like, a, I don't know, supersonic or whatever. It's like right? a Banshee from X-Men. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There's not a whole lot else to Joey uh, other than uh, Joey's, uh, he's a little horn dog. Well, what, what, Joey's like the linchpin of this whole thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I know. He yeah. is. I just don't have much to say about him yeah. now. There's more to say about Joey in the context of the rest of the plot. Uh, True. Taryn is uh, possibly my favorite dream warrior look of all of them. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Tell us about Taryn. 
So uh, Taryn's dream, I, I don't know, dream power. Power is, it's more like dream accessories and costumes. She becomes like this like ridiculous 80s punk rock, like dialed up to 15. Yeah. A girl with, you know, like crazy leather shoulder pad spikes kind of thing. And then just for fun, for funsies, also two switchblades that she kind of like twirls around and snicks open. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's like, she's, I guess, a sexy punk uh, badass. Uh, yeah. Sure. I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, the next two, I don't think we ever learned their dream powers because as we'll they find out soon, uh, they don't get a chance. Uh, we yeah. have Philip. His thing is that he sleepwalks. That becomes relevant. Um, and Jennifer, who all we know about is that she wants to be an actress. Well, also, also, I didn't remember. And so when I was looking at the plot synopsis, I was like, why was she there? Like, was she, yeah. like, was, and no, according to the plot synopsis. And once it was like red, I, I kind of remembered because she burns, they think she's burning herself with cigarettes. Which she is, um, which she is, but like, she shows like one cigarette burn on her arm at all. Also, like you would have to probably burn yourself with cigarettes like 700 times where you would be sent to like a locked psychiatric facility. I feel like I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we, we soon get another dream from Christmas, but really quickly before that, Dr. Gordon finds out that Nancy is using hypnosil. I don't think that's a real drug. No. Uh, it's a drug to, that is intended to suppress dreams. And he gets, is that even concerned. a thing? Can that even happen? I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, the way to suppress dreams is to not get REM sleep, I, maybe, uh, which would just be like cocaine might as well be hip. Well, uh, also alcoholics apparently do not yeah. fall into REM sleep. True. So they could just <laughs> just get really drunk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kristen has another dream. Um, the, the way this plays out is like a, a, the tricycle from the first dream comes through her room in the hospital and there's like blood on the wheels. And then the tricycle just melts for no reason. Uh, she ends up in the house again. Um, again, like a big version of this paper mache house that she had made before. There's weirdly, it, it's like, the, this is the, the worst dream of the movie. Well, actually, no, it starts out pretty bad and it gets better. Um, uh, yeah. The, like they the don't know what they is, were doing. Right. Because where it winds up is incredible. There's this like rotting pig, like served on the table, like it's being served for dinner, like with an apple in its mouth or whatnot, but it like comes to life and it like hisses at her briefly. And then she ends up in this room that starts just kind of like self-destructing. Like the carpet shakes and comes up, like the walls like start exploding. It's pretty good effects here. And then the best part is this like snake, like eel, like creature, this giant worm, like creature comes out from the floor with Freddie's face and starts eating Kristen. So here's my question. What year did Beetlejuice come out? Uh, I think 88. I will check that right now. Cause the snake actually, maybe... it might be, I think it might've been the exact. Oh yeah. It is 88. Yeah. Okay, because the snake gave me like the Freddy snake gave me Beetlejuice energy. Yeah. What about you? Very much so. Um, but yeah, like Beetlejuice, all the effects are. I mean, if not as high quality as Beetlejuice, God, they're so much fun. They're so much fun. Um, so Kristen, obviously, uh, dying, uh, so to speak, uh, screams for Nancy's help, which makes Nancy fall asleep. And it brings Nancy into the dream with Kristen. And then Nancy, without hesitation, saves Kristen. Um, 
Nancy then realizes, again, outside of the dream now, that the house that they have been in is Nancy's old house and starts to, in her mind, start piecing things together, uh, but immediately wants to prescribe all the kids hypnocell. And Dr. Gordon says, hell no. No, not on her watch. Yeah. Um, now we get possibly the best dream of the whole well, the, next, the best two dreams in some yeah. ways. Oh, the, yeah. I would say Jennifer's is my absolute favorite. Yes. Uh, Phillips is, yeah, Phillips is incredible for body It's horror. probably the most terrifying thing that happens in a movie where almost nothing terrifying happens. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right. Uh, so uh, what happens? Um, so so we find out earlier, like, to fill up these, makes these dolls. And so he's got them hanging on his wall. And this, like, they the, the movie uses claymation to make it look like his doll like turns into like the it's like formless face shapes into freddy's face and then grows freddy you no know, this doll it grows like you know blade fingers and he slices the strings that are holding him up on the wall and drops to the ground and then freddy kind of stands up at the base of philip's bed and he kind of grows big and becomes normal freddy and then freddy like slices philip's arms and legs like just straight down like from like shoulder to to hand and then from like, you know, you know, torso or whatever, like crotch to, to feet and rips his tendons out or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And basically uses them to make Philip like, like he's a puppeteer. Like, yeah, he's like a marionette. Walk- yeah. And he's walking Philip out of his bed, out the door and like around the hospital to the roof. And from everyone else's perspective, it just looks like he let Phillips just like sleepwalking with his arms and like legs out. But the reality is that it's, or like there were not the reality, but the, in the dream, it's pretty gross looking. There's some pretty like very effective close-ups of just like these, like just gap, like gaps in his like, just, I don't know, these deep wounds and his like these, the, the his tendons just like hanging out or like in just blood pouring. It's just very, very gross. There's something to me like stab wounds, bullet wounds, like th- like wounds don't bother me. Yeah. But when you're like pulling parts of bodies, that's oh. what really freaks me out. Absolutely. But this really po- grosses me out. Possibly the most horrifying like the th- I don't look away in movies. I this is the one thing in movies I look away at. The scene in Black Swan where oh. she like has a cut on her finger and pulls on it. I I, I that freaks me out more than it's- like pretty much anything in the world a lot of body horror stuff gets me and i don't even think that like bullet wounds and like and just general cuts like it doesn't become body horror until you're like doing other kinds of like body manipulation and taking it to that next level and that is when i am like this it's one of my least favorite subgenres of horror to be honest but i i like when it like if there's a movie where it's like this movie is a body horror movie i'm probably gonna be like maybe i'll pass uh, with there's just elements of body horror like that, especially in a movie like this that's very schlocky. Like, I it's pretty fun. Uh, oh, yeah, I I, I I cringe, but I I like it a lot. It's like yeah. moderation. Yeah, this one this one I definitely cringed, but it it doesn't make you want to turn it off. Like the special effects are have a cheesiness to them that if it were re- remade mm. today, like I think it would lose, and it would just yeah. have that kind of uh like visceral kind of look that yeah that leaves leaves out the fun it, it has a good blend of like cheesy but it, it's a, it, it looks gross enough 
where I'm not like, oh, that's silly. You know, like yeah. it, it's a very effective, I think, and to me. So the other kind of twisted part about Philip's death is either because Philip's resisting or maybe because Freddie is toying with the other kids. Um, Philip kind of stands uh, at the ledge he jumps from for a couple minutes. Um, it's and the it's kids, pretty upsetting. Yeah, it is actually upsetting. It's like this waiting is... till all the kids can see him there yeah. and then Freddie cuts the string or, and they're know, all screaming at him trying to get like, him to wake up and it. save him and that actually I would say this is that's pro- probably the most psychologically frightening moment to me it was pretty like upsetting being, being powerless to stop your friend uh from doing something like that but yeah um shall we jump to my favorite and can well, I talk about b- it before we do that I just want to note that right after that they're like in group therapy again and Dr. Gordon like refers to Philip's suicide as like he quit. He gave up. Yeah. He's such yeah. an asshole. She says he was weak. Yeah. He, like, he suicide shames all of them. Also, he like, also to the outside world, he was sleepwalking. This was an accident. Yeah. I, 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 I watching it by myself, I audibly exclaimed, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. That was not yeah. cool, Dr. Gordon. Also, she doesn't like slip it in with another statement. It's like very big and bold. Like he yes. gave up. He wasn't strong it enough. Was, yeah, it's almost <laughs> like the screenwriters were like, suicide is weakness. Like, well, geez, yeah, or, being, it back, or being like, we don't want the kids thinking suicide is cool, which like, based on what they just saw, why would they? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, let's talk talk about possibly the best dream in the entire movie. Yeah, so our aspiring TV star, Jennifer, uh, is in the common area watching the Walmart TV um uh max played by larry fishburne comes in he's the orderly and he tells her like hey you know it's time for lights out you can't be watching tv she kind of begs him you know asks him to let her stay up because of everything that's been going on um so max kind of relents and you know has it be a secret between them i actually had a theory that max was freddy in disguise for a while um which mm. didn't pan out but this scene kind of fed into that okay but but anyway um, so Jennifer is watching a talk show, uh, the Dick Cavett show, um, where Dick Cavett is interviewing Zsa Zsa Gabor. What <laughs> I didn't realize is that that was filmed for this movie. Yeah. Um, and they asked Dick Cavett who he would want to interview. And he said Zsa Zsa Gabor because he thought he was she was one of the most vapid, stupidest people he'd ever heard, like heard of. Did you know this? <laughs> Did I didn't know, know I didn't I didn't know his reason but I did yeah. know that it was filmed for the movie. I yeah, I looked it up and apparently he just hated her. That's um, so funny. And was like if I had to interview her like and just humiliate her what would it look like or what would I say? Um so I just think that's a fun aside. However, um she approaches the TV because I believe it goes out or the channel changes or something. Um and it grows these incredible like like mech wire arms but lo- also not like mech in an industrialized way like yeah. low tech mech like, like steampunk Aaron no no <laughs> no actually not no, like steampunk no, not even remotely like no steampunk. but what I was going to say is like more like smaller level tech of like you know these could be the parts in the TV which is kind, like, of, kind creepy. of creepy it's, it's, a, it's way unnerving. creepier yeah. it is way creepier um so god I love this it's so, so good <laughs> the arms pick her up freddie's head pops out of the tv 
And when I saw this, I was like, the top of the TV, the top of the TV. Now, when I saw this, I was like, why don't they just put Freddie's face in the TV? Oh, silly me. Silly you. Um, What does he say to her? He says, welcome to prime time. Welcome to prime. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) So he goes, welcome to prime time bitch and <laughs> smashes jennifer's entire head through that television <laughs> which electrocutes her and then i think it's meant to be horrifying and jarring it's not but it cuts to actual jennifer like non Ma- max max finds her in there yeah and max finds her and she's just hanging from the like blown out tv which, by her head can we can we dissect this for a second please okay so here i have a couple things number one that TV could not hold her weight if Ab- she was just at her head. So not. that doesn't make any absolutely sense. Not. Here's the thing that di- it didn't even hit me until this rewatch. How did she get her head in the TV in the first place? I, I, I So I get that like Freddie, I think they established this in other movies that Freddie can like, l- can move people. But so did she in real life? So what would it look like from someone else's perspective? Is what I'm saying. So, so- Philip was sleepwalking. The tendons weren't real because people saw him walking around. The TV didn't come to alive in real life, obviously. So did does she would she have just floated up and then her head just smashes into the TV? I mean, well, yes, because the other thing too is like we see Freddie like right in the skin of kids, and like that manifests in a real way. Like for example, with Joey, and Joey's like in a coma, so it's not him that wrote like with a razor those <laughs> things on himself. I think Freddie can like manifest himself to like hurt the kids and. Yeah, I guess it would be like if Max walked in like five minutes sooner, he would see like, you know, <laughs> Jennifer floating. <laughs> like floating, you know, in a ghostly way and then having her face smashed in the TV. I which can't actually, tell what's, what's funnier. Well, or, no, I, the, as the latter might be it scarier. Loud, I think it is scarier. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that is scarier. Because then my, my question I was going to ask you is which would you have rather had? I would think you, it depends you, on the. Well, I guess I you think, could have both, but like, would you rather have seen like maybe it's like you see the arms pick her up and then it cuts to Max watching and um, then he sees her just lift up? Um, no, because again, it would remind me of the Treehouse of Horror Simpsons when Martin dies oh, and you right. see you see Willie strangling him and then you see what's happening in the real world and it's him just him shrieking at his death. <laughs> so no, I think it would be too much like that. Okay. But I mean, I, I guess, the, yeah, she just lifted her, like her just floated up and their head went in the TV. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, anyway, so it cuts to Jennifer's funeral. Uh, and then after that, we have Dr. Gordon and Nancy having a candlelit conversation with the fireplace on, which maybe I'm just not good at uh, romance. Romance. <laughs> but do you need the fireplace and the candles? Wouldn't you just have one? I don't, I don't know. So. I guess candles are a, are a mood setter, but like, I don't know. The fact that they had both on made me laugh. And then I, afterwards I was like, yeah, maybe I'm the idiot here. <laughs> I don't know. What's with the candles, the like, music, what? the sexy dress. <laughs> what sexy dress? <laughs> what sexy? Oh, we're doing that at some yeah. point soon. Um, So yeah, Dr. Gordon, Nancy, the one thing that I, I was going to mention is that, well, obviously they're so, they seem so far apart in age well age and like opinion and experience and generation and essentially every factor that would keep two people from being romantically interested in each other yeah and it's odd 
you wonder like is he, is he hitting on her are they trying to be a thing you i think you could argue that it's not that they're that the the screenwriters thought that this was just two adults having a professional conversation after hours what by firelight by firelight no no i, I just for, for some reason there's a level of like slight incompetence to this movie that makes me wonder if someone actually could have written that not realizing the romantic implications of it. So the, actually that's what exactly what I think happened. So okay. I, I think that the script writers uh, like meant for them to be platonic, not even friends, but just like resources for each other. However, I think that director got the script. And if you just look at like, Oh, it's a scene with Dr. Norton, Gordon and Nancy, I think probably the director or the studio, like, I think just in this era, you needed a romantic subplot oftentimes, which is why when we talked about the thing in episodes previous, it's like so refreshing that there isn't a subplot or a romance subplot. Um, I think maybe the director of the studio is just like, eh, I don't know, like, let's make them a thing, which if you think about it, you wouldn't, you don't really have to change the scene. I don't really know that the scene was changed, but just setting them in these situations, like by firelight, like kind of implies yeah. that they're an item, which like checks that box, but like it doesn't. Well, I actually, not I almost, really. I almost forgot. I don't know if it was part of this scene or if it was a separate scene, but the actress who plays Nancy mentioned that they filmed a kiss scene. She goes, she could refer to it as like a hot kiss and it was cut. So thank goodness for that. Well, I understand why it was cut because it feels very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when they're having this conversation, um, th- like again, Nancy's acting is just oh my like gosh. you, you, you made the point. Like if you lived through this, you would not be. Well, I, I understand everyone deals with trauma differently. However, this is a film, um, and for a certain effect, <laughs> you would think that one who've experienced trauma would would demonstrate that trauma when talking about it. Does Nancy seem particularly traumatized here? Never in the entire movie does she seem traumatized. No. I don't even think she, she doesn't seem, I mean, so the only way that the, her acting works is that she is not very phased by any of the things that are happening no. in these dreams, which no. I guess you wouldn't be if you've experienced this before, but you'd still think you'd have some trauma. There, there'd be some panic or something. Well, yeah, but if I was in World War II, I wouldn't just be like super chill during the Korean War because I've been to war so. before. <laughs> That's true. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, can we just talk about the conflict of interest that the, the doctor is her boss, seemingly? Yeah. Um, and that's pretty not okay. Is, don't they call Nancy an intern at some point? She's an actual intern. Which is even worse. <laughs> Which is even worse. It's even worse. Uh, uh, conflict of interest and, yeah, it almost like borderlines on, like, grooming. Oh, it's big time. Gro- it's not even grooming. It's like, he already got it. He, he's He's got oh, her true. in a room with a fireplace and a candle. <laughs> I think it's two, <laughs> two candles. Yeah. You know what? If there was one candle, that would just, for some reason, that would make this scene even better. That'd yeah. be so funny. Uh should we should we should we move off of them or do we, do you have any anything else? Yeah, no, just that. So uh, these kids uh, moving on, they they they're wondering why us? Why is Freddie targeting us? Um, and Nancy shares with the children that um, they're the last of the Elm Street children. What does that mean? Um, it means their parents also helped kill Freddie. Yeah, 
this so this is for real the last time yeah for for this is definitely gonna be the this last time definitely Freddy. the last because yeah. he's also, never coming back it, it raises so many baffling questions like uh what's her face's mother like do we get the sense that she burned a man alive uh, uh Kristen's mother, mother. Chris is like oh, we see her no. do we get the sense that this woman burned a man alive again not not acting like she carried the trauma of burning a like pedophile child, slash murderer, mur- child alive. murder alive yeah yeah um very strange very shaky reasoning but again i think Wes craven specifically added this to be like it's done now um but the only thing that kind of confuses this is like who was the girl in the wheelchair or, i'm sorry not the wheelchair the tricycle Ooh, um who the like hell knows? did her pa- I, I guess let's add her parents to the Freddy's list of people that burned freddy alive like yeah who knows who like, knows? go on um, so yeah, so they, they decide to try group hypnosis again to try to discover their dream powers because Nancy somehow deduces that they all must have dream powers given that Kristen does. And so they go into a group nightmare. Um or group dream. Well, I guess it's a night, it's a nightmare. Is this uh, where we start listing off the bloodborne parallels? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh and so we, they get you know they learn about their powers that we talked about earlier. And meanwhile, they're while they're doing this, Joey wanders off from the group by this like sexy nurse that's like come on over here big boy like <laughs> that whole thing um he get she gets him into a bed uh it's just like i've been like seeing you watching me like i like you a lot you're cute <laughs> uh and so obviously this is gonna be freddy <laughs> um because yeah, it's a freaking nightmare uh so yeah she like gets him out of the bed takes her top off you know you get the the movie's r-rated nudity the only nudity in the movie i believe um and reveals herself to be freddy she doesn't turn into freddy right away as the nurse they start making out and then she like pulls his tongue or like you see that her tongue is like super long and then and i just want to shake the hand of whoever came up with this idea she opens her mouth and shoots tongues. Uh, this is the most video game thing in the whole movie. Well, also separate tongues. Separate it's not tongues. like she uses her one long tongue. Yes. She shoots tongues out of her mouth, separate tongues that tie Joey's hands and feet to the bed. It's like Birdo shooting eggs. It's kind like, of. how did you shoot entire anatomy parts of your body? <laughs> yeah. It's entire tongues. Um, and then the bottom of the bed drops off and there's this like fiery pit to hell or something below. Uh, then of course you get the classic Freddie line. You get what's wrong, Joey feeling tongue tied. Uh, the one thing I really appreciate about Freddie and actually in pretty much every incarnation, no matter how bad the movie is, Freddie loves his own jokes so much. He does. And he's <laughs> not even really in, and I've only say, saying this, having seen four of the total, I don't know, seven or eight nightmare on Elm street movies. His he's the worst thing he usually says is like, I'm going to kill you bitch. He's not like, I don't know. He, he's his vocabulary isn't very large. He well, he's having fun with it he's in having a way fun. that like Jason kind of does, but he Freddie is just no. Freddie's having a, a grand old time. Yeah, yeah. For Jason, it's like a burden almost. For for Freddie, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what the, I wanted to bring up really quick. So the the room that the rest of them are in starts closing around. A lot are like closing around them and the walls get hot this does yeah can we can we think about what is happening here 
it, it it's so weird. It's such a weird choice. Well, the other thing too is I was like, okay, like Freddie has them. It's now we're entering the end game, which is strange because it feels too soon and they're gonna have to use all their powers to get out. And it is too soon. It is too soon, but then no, like it we jump to Joey being in a coma and Gordon and Nancy are relieved so, of duty. It's so yeah. So but before that though, I, I wanted to note that and I it's, it's so hard to describe this without video, but as the walls are closing in around them, the, the, the actress who's playing Taryn is like looking around like she's ready for a fight and she's got her switchblades out with her arms like spread out as far as they can go. Like, like just not a reaction that's, uh, that's appropriate for the walls are closing in around us. Like she's ready to, for, for a fight but she doesn't look like she's ever fought anyone in her life. And it's just her, her body language is so stupid. Hey James, uh, uh, James, if your parents ever burned a child murderer alive and then you were trapped in a nightmare to stop him from getting his revenge, maybe then you can tell me how you would react <laughs> to switchblades when dream walls started closing in around Damn, you. I was about to say, do I have switchblades in this scenario? Yeah, you do. Uh, well, then I would react better than that. But yeah, like in this scene, I was like, well, Freddie has them. It's over. Yeah, but no, <laughs> but no, there's a whole nother like 30 minutes left yeah. in the movie. Uh, so yeah, like you mentioned, Nancy and Dr. Gordon are quote like relieved of duty, which is not a phrase that I thought is appropriate for firing an intern and a doctor. Also, um, also to be replaced by the evil woman. Did she fire them? What's what oversight is happening here? I who knows. I would yeah. love to have a whole side. That's the fan fiction I want. You know the yeah, the, the, the the what the hospital staff is. Ooh, a Grey's uh, the, the board of directors. A, a Grey's Anatomy like steamy sex romp with all the psych facility people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Doctor Gordon sees Sister Mary Helena Byer on the roof or something like that. Uh, can we, well, can we also camp on the idea that she's a nun at all? Because well, I mean, yeah. may, I mean, maybe what happened to her explains why she's a nun, but I think her being a nun is just like to make it creepier. Yeah. It, but it doesn't work <laughs> at all. Uh, she tells Dr. Gordon that Freddie is the son of a young woman, Amanda Kruger who was on the hospital staff, who was accidentally locked in a room. With so, hundreds so of... let's hold on, hold on. This is going to get let's, interesting. Let's break down this sentence. Okay. Amanda Kruger on the hospital staff. Okay. That's one unit. So she was on the hospital staff. Was she a doctor? Was she orally? We don't know. We don't know. She's on the staff. Are you saying this very sloppily written, Aaron? No, <laughs> no. Let's just imagine the situation. Who was accidentally locked in a room. Okay, now if you're in the hospital staff, it's going to be pretty difficult to be accidentally locked in a room. Yeah, but and I suppose also even that more unlikely, also that you're on the staff and don't have a key to a locked room. But right. go on. Also, even more unlikely, the room has hundreds of mental patients, hundreds of them, hundreds. all me all men, seemingly. Yeah, uh, seemingly. All, all of whom do what? rape her hundreds of times Hund hundreds, hundreds of patients raping her hundreds of times yes <laughs> that's rough that is well and it's it's, it's, like, it's so extreme that it can't be taken seriously no in a, in a situation no. where they're clearly meant for you to 
it's there's supposed to be some shock value well and the thing is like gang Yet rape is, gang rape gang rape happens it's horrific like i think it's pretty tasteless to put in a movie like this and yeah it's just i mean maybe the one good thing like you said is that it's just so unbelievably over the top as to be completely insane yeah um and what <laughs> What did what did she call or what does she call Freddy Krueger? She calls Freddy Krueger, and it's it was such a dramatic delivery. The bastard son of one hundred maniacs. Which, okay, let's yeah. dissect that. Oh, please! Did all of their sperm combine uh, to create one boy? I that wouldn't that be awesome? Is did Satan really mess with the situation and? Well, also spawn of a hundred rapists. So this is the kind of this tells me two things. One, I think this is a Wes Craven detail to make this the finale to like end the series, right? Because now we're getting Freddy Origins, right? And you know we're circling back in the middle of the movie, which is always a weird like having that this kind of reveal. I just I roll my eyes every damn time. Well, right, and I roll my eyes too because I think the longer running a series goes on, or the the more you have a villain featured, eventually you're going to get to why the villain is the way they are, and that immediately makes them less interesting and less effective. Yes, it makes them more realistic and more grounded, which depending on your project, that may be exactly what you're going for. But I don't really want an explanation of why Freddy Krueger is a psychotic child murderer. I think one of the things that makes in real life psychotic child murderers so frightening is that oftentimes they look and act like normal people and they have normal backgrounds. Right. And I also don't want, like, dial it back from a woman who was raped 10,000 times Seemingly, by, the, by the math yeah. of this movie. Yes. <laughs> Come yes. on. Jeez. All right. Um, it's like if like the the blood spurting in Kill Bill Volume One was a line of dialogue, like oh, so yeah. absurd to the point of almost comedy. Yes. Um. It's, so, uh, why you brought this up earlier, right? Like, you, why why wouldn't she have just told him this earlier in the movie? Yeah, it makes no sense. I can understand why she just wouldn't be like giving interviews to the newspaper because it's like you know. But why would why wouldn't you be honest with Dr. Gordon uh, like yeah. from get go? Because, you know, he's kind of dealing with this or why don't you go? You know, you're reading in the newspaper, I'm sure, like all these mysterious deaths of teenagers, like go to their families and be like, OK, this is what happened. This is how we can stop it and get justice for your dead, sexy teen or whatever. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, so, so Nancy and Dr. Gordon decide to talk to her father because apparently he knows where Freddie's bones are. Uh since he was one of the people that burned Freddie alive. We'll talk about the location of these bones in a second on the way there. So Nancy goes back to the hospital to try to help the kids. Uh, and Dr. Gordon goes with her father on the way. Dr. Gordon stops off at a church and steals holy water and a crucifix because I guess maybe this is a pretty sound decision that like well, it, this it, is a pretty absurd it, situation maybe we're gonna need some of this classic stuff well like- it, it turns out <laughs> to be very prudent but as it was happening i was like guys he's not a vampire <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he goes to the store he gets 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 garlic he goes and buys silver yeah. bullets it's just, it's just, just like case. covering all the bases <laughs> um this raises so you had in the note he steals the holy water and a crucifix from the church to which i counter 
can you steal holy water and a crucifix if what you're doing is the Lord's work? Uh, oh, oh, you mean like, right? would, would, like, do you, would that, that be a sin like, of stealing? Thou shall not steal. Is that but, count? Or are you just kind of borrowing it to great, do the Lord's work? Great point. You know? uh, so, yeah, I would have liked to if he went through, went to the priest and was just like, I need this. I'm trying to just to, to banish a, a demon. And he's no, priest, but, the and then the, like, sure, guy. Well, or the priest is like, which one? And <laughs> oh, Dr. Yeah. Run's like, well, technically, and he explains his whole situation. And the priest is like, yeah, not our department. Good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, anyway, so Nancy goes with all the kids into the nightmare. It's like to a group nightmare to save Joey. Uh, and they get separated. Uh, so we'll talk about like the kind of the, the final nightmare and then what's happening in parallel with Dr. Gordon and Nancy's dad. Yeah. So this whole sequence reminded me sort of of it part one, um, just in that all yeah. the kids are kind of encounter like faced with sort of their deepest fears. Um, so tell us about those. Well, so <clears throat> the first thing is like, it's, it's a scene that goes right back to the first scene of the movie where Kristen is like going to bed and her mom is like kissing her goodnight, but she's like, also like, you need to shut the fuck up. Cause I've got a gentleman here that I'm entertaining. Oh, also once upon a time I burned a man alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's not talk about it. So it, but in, in this time, the way the scene plays out in the nightmare, uh, Kristen's mom gets like her head chopped off by the male guest who turns out to be Freddie. And he just kind of like pops up just like holding her mom's decapitated head. This, okay. The second we saw that at the beginning, I was like, that's Chekhov's mystery man. And he's going to turn out to be Freddie at some point. Yeah. I, well, yeah. good call. You yeah. were dead on. Um, so again, so the, the rest of them are separated. So now we have Taryn who is kind of in this like alleyway. Would you uh, say that this is the scene that glorified drug use so I, much that Australia had to ban oh, it? Very much so. Um, so Freddie corners Taryn, who doesn't really use her dream powers of sexy goth teen or punk <laughs> yeah, at she, all. No. It's Freddie's fingers turn to like meth or heroin needles and injects Taryn with it to kill her well also hilariously uh they're the wrong kind of needles um like those are not the needles you inject drugs with those are like massive industrial size like (laughs) needles for your butt when you get like penicillin (laughs) because you have syphilis those are those needles wow that she really also too what i love is the needles are white which means either like they're colored on the outside white which needles aren't or they're full of white goo Either way, Taryn meets her end. You want to talk about uh, your boy, Will? Oh, my boy, Will. So this was the part in the dream. Here's, I'm going to tell you how I remember it. I remember that the little boy and all of his friends, uh, like, faced Freddy Krueger. And the little boy, in my version, is wearing a cape. And I think he had a book with a book of spells. Mm-hmm. And he opens a book of spells and casts them to defeat Freddy. That's how I remember it. Yeah, big part one of it, energy for that. But that's yeah. not how it plays out. That's not how it happens at all. So Will in the dream can walk. Um, however, he is attacked by an evil wheelchair, like a like a. You know what? Actually, this would be the wheelchair Taryn. Oh, I don't think we dream. mentioned that he was that he was paralyzed. Before. No, I did. I oh, did. you did. Oh, um, my but bad. we didn't mention that he can walk in the dream. Um, in oh, addition yeah. to being a wizard. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but he is assaulted by a wheelchair that actually would be kind of perfect for Dream Taryn. Mm. 
um because it's very like it's very punk itself it uh, is it, it has, can't yeah. really sit on it though it's no uh, it's got like spikes and knives and things all over it um so to combat it oh also when it shows up i think there's like a burst of fire in the yeah. hallway behind you- it which is like incredible yeah um, but so Will uh, counters it. He uses his magical wizard powers. Um, he he looks kind of like a vampire for some reason. It's it's weird. Um, but he shoots very very terrible green lightning effects. Yeah, hands. it's like now Palpatine. Right, oh, but... I was just gonna say they they could do it in Return <laughs> of the Jedi, but yeah. somehow here, uh, it looks horrible. Um, he does blow up the wheelchair, but uh, in you know a running thing, we'll see here. Freddie kills him anyway, pretty effortlessly. Um, Will pretty just, effortlessly, yeah. So as a child, I believe Will saved the day with his magical dream power, like dream warrior powers. But but no, Freddie kind of just murders him. Yes, and then at the same time, Nancy and Kincaid save Joey. Kincaid doesn't even use his super strength. I think at this no. point, Freddie, you know, reveals himself to be stronger than when Nancy last fought him because of all the children's souls that he's absorbed. And he kind of like lifts his shirt up and we see these like moaning faces coming out of his skin, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So meanwhile, in real life, Freddie, so Dr. Gordon and and, uh, Nancy's dad have arrived at a junkyard or like a, 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 right? A junkyard? I don't, I don't know if it's like, the junkyard if there's like a hollywood junkyard that's just used like there's a a lot of hollywood backlots but the entire time in the junkyard i was expecting walter white and tuco to just like walk around (laughs) like one of the cars right Right. um but yeah um also can we talk about uh the living saint who animated freddy's skeleton (laughs) yes we absolutely have to because so Freddy's skeleton comes alive. They find they find the skeleton in like a trunk of the a trunk car. of a yeah yeah car. And Freddy's skeleton comes alive, attacks Nancy's dad. I'm sorry, yeah yeah, kills Nancy's dad. Like knocks him across like the 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 area and like into some things that impale him. He had a and then yeah, knocks Doctor Gordon into a grave to show. <laughs> Shovels, this is like yeah. three like scoops of small scoops it's, of dirt on him and then stops and celebrates like he just it's won incredible it's amazing it's incredible i don't <laughs> also too i love the yeah. fact that this completely undermines freddie's whole motivation which is that <laughs> he will not kill the parents he will only kill their children to get yeah. to them yeah but anyway <sighs> anyway back in the nightmare uh freddie like they're in this room where there's like a bunch of mirrors and this is back in the house. They're, they're like in that Nancy's old house or whatever. And Freddie grabs all of them and starts pulling them through these mirrors, all of them, but Joey. And then Joey uses his, you know, crazy voice powers to shatter the mirrors and hurt poor Freddie's eardrums and saves all of them. That Okay. That I will admit was kind of cool because I knew his voice would come in somehow, but when he screams and just kind of everything explodes, uh, I was like, yeah, that is cool. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they think that that's what killed Freddie in like the stupidest way. They're like, Nancy, you know that if like the the lead actress is like, it's all over. We got him. Yeah. It's not over. Both both horror movies and Dragon Ball Z when they're like, it's finally <laughs> over. Yeah. Uh, no, it never Great is. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so Freddie 
it's Nancy's dad shows up and Nancy immediately believes it's him, which I think is just so stupid, but I guess kind of consistent with the fact that Nancy's maybe not the brightest bulb. Well, also what was their relationship like? Because again, Hostile, he, I think he, he, well, also he burned Amanda down. Like, I don't think yeah. she would have like the greatest feelings for him. Right. And she, and, and so she's just like, Oh dad. And like, she goes and like hugs him. And then Fre- he turns into Freddie and he stabs Nancy a fatal blow which is a pretty st- pathetic ending for your main heroine. Well, also how he gets her, like he like ragdolls her and runs her through. It's like, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And it, it, so, but before Freddie can kill the likes of Kristen and such, Nancy grabs Freddie's arm from behind and stabs Freddie with his own hand. I like that. Which is very cool. I like that a lot. And Freddie is gone forever. Not really. Meanwhile, it's finally over. Meanwhile, Dr. Gordon sprinkles. This is, this is so he, good. He, he sprinkles holy water on the skeleton, which and causes it to burn a little bit. And I don't know what the hell he does with the crucifix. I don't but he either. He takes it out. But as he's like sprinkling the holy water on the skeleton in Dreamland, like Freddie is glowing with the drops of the holy water that's yeah. like burning him. But he's doing this like weird like twirl in pain that just makes him look ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so Nancy's dead now. Yes. What do you what do you think about that? So again, like I'm, I really think they just wanted to cap this series off, like Wes Craven and some of the other people involved. Um, eventually, it would not turn out that way. I don't know what made him change his mind, but it seems like maybe. Like maybe he, you know, he wanted Nancy dead and the actress, you know, um, figured this would be the end, but who knows studio pressure. Maybe he just got a really good idea Yeah. Um, because it's what nightmare on Elm street four. And then the new nightmare. Is that right? No, there's, um, or is it one, four or there's, a, there's a five and the new nightmare. before new nightmare. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe I think he probably just wanted this to be the end. And I think maybe the actress did. And I think he probably like, I think the meta concept of new nightmare is probably what re-energized him and maybe. And the actress returned for that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like maybe that's what made her want to come back. I, I don't you, know. You might be right. Um, but it just seems like they like certain powers that be, I think wanted this to be the end. Yeah. I, I almost get the feeling maybe she, you know, being employed is nice being in these movies. It's nice. These movies did a pretty well at the box office. I think like, even if she like maybe she wanted to stay and it's sad that the studio wanted like Wes Craven was like fuck this I'm, I'm done with this series I mean or you know or she didn't or maybe by the time that Nightmare on Elm Street Elm Street 3 was coming out like she could negotiate because true. these movies are so huge mm-hmm. and she could kind of get a payout and be done with it yeah true but who knows she's dead and we'll never be able to ask her <laughs> I don't actually I don't actually know that it's uh the actress she's not dead well she might be we don't know well, I you guess mean she, like yeah i mean in this... died like right now and we would yeah, exactly. that's true You're right <laughs> uh, so dr gordon finds out that sister mary who we care so much about that part of this movie is amanda krueger which like i mean i get so here's the thing like why are you sleeping on this information yeah. one two like i guess i guess you don't need to reveal that like, I guess you could, like, they needed to know the information, I guess, about where Freddie comes from and how to destroy him. 
But I feel like you could have revealed this also at that time. Like, this is just an extra bit of information that really no one needs to know. Yeah. And if I were Dr. Gordon, I would I would probably tell her, I'd be like, you need to unload this onto a therapist. This is too much for me. And it's unfair of you to like to pass your trauma on to me. Right. Or I would have if he should have told her to watch to watch the Grinch. Well, which I mean, was out by the time the events of this movie. 66. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it'll put a smile on anyone's face. True, 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 true. Um, but it's finally over. It's finally over. Uh, Kristen goes to sleep and the house, uh, the model house that she made lights up, which why would you keep this house? This decrepit yeah. looking paper. Were you proud of your paper mache capabilities? Well, also, also, too, when you found out what it was, it was like, it would be almost like uh, like being a sculptor in the Call of Cthulhu, you know, like mindlessly sculpting like totems to Cthulhu. Yeah. Then finding out what that was and being like, I'll keep it around anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the movie. The credits roll and we get the amazing glam metal Dream Warriors song. Well, did you did you describe what actually happened with the model house? Uh, did I miss something? Did you so, say like, that, that it lights, lights up? up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, oh, I thought okay. so. Wait, so I guess Freddy's not dead after all. Or there's, or there's some faulty wiring. Or there's some faulty wiring. Why would there be wiring in this paper mache house? I don't know. I don't Dream know. Warriors. Dream Warriors. Uh, it's a great song. What a film. What, what a film. film. Um, shall we get into what works and what doesn't? Yeah. So works, I would say special effects overall. It's funny to see kind of at the change of like when, when special effects were really changing CGI and like 90s movies, like horror movies using it horribly. I would much rather see schlocky practical effects. And again, and I'm not saying the practical effects here are schlocky in, in their entirety. Some of them are very effective. I would rather see the shock, schlockiest of practical effects than the shittiest CGI. Well, it almost reminds me of when you look at games like uh, for NES or SNES, like the beginning of that generation versus how games could look by the end of those generations. Like, I think one of the reasons why I love the practical effects in 80s horror is if you think about it, practical special effects have existed since, you know, like on-screen film has. Yeah. By the time it was ready to make that switch from practical to CGI, practical effects were so, 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 so good um that again like i think that's why you see such incredible late 80s like horror and effects like that absolutely you're right once it switched over like the 90s were pretty much in general for films pretty awful yeah because people just didn't know how to use cgi i think really the only big film that used it well was like jurassic park yeah oh yeah i mean but i'm even thinking specifically like low budget horror movies where it's like we you like there's so much probably pressure from a studio to invest in cgi when you should have just devoted that entire budget to getting like tom savini and like the best practical effects people you could and yeah it, it kind of suffers in that way so interestingly enough i'll note that this actress heather Lanningcamp, ended up becoming a prosthetic makeup person for for films like she worked on like the remake of dawn of the dead oh, uh, and okay. cabin in the woods also well, th- then that's great. I think that's probably what she should be doing and not acting. Probably. Or definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so it works. Yeah, yeah. The, the practical effects, I mean, the music's good. I think just the, the, the general, like, 80s tone of this movie is very effective. The setting in a, in a, in a psychiatric hospital is pretty great. The, just the overall cheesiness works, works well. I, I, I just, I enjoy 
I enjoy it. So what something that works and and also doesn't work for me is what we've talked about repeatedly about the fact that the whole dream warriors thing never really pays off at all. No, there's like hilarious and also kind of frustrating. We get one brief sequence where they try to be dream warriors and Freddie systematically cuts them all down. And, (laughs) you know, I I have to say, though, if there was if the movie like there was like a fight scene with Kincaid and Freddie and like Kincaid punches Freddie across the room and then it's like, are we even watching a horror movie now? Yeah, yeah. that could actually maybe have ruined. It's, It's almost very it's pretty true to horror movies that like you gotta have a lot of murder and mayhem. And so the fact that they all die, it's just, the movie sets it up like it's gonna be something it's not. Well, to be fair, I think in a movie that featured Freddy as a television ramming a girl's face through the screen, screaming, get ready for primetime, bitch, could probably <laughs> afford to have a shot of Freddy being punched across the room. Uh, true. Like, I, I feel like those two tonally would work together. You're right. Um, what doesn't work, Nancy, in the actress in general, yeah. the, the Nancy Dr. Gordon stuff and some of the writing is my, my biggest ones. How about you? Yeah, I'll start with what doesn't work. Um, I'm going to say the acting in general. Like, I would say no one in here except for Freddie is a good actor. Um, yeah. But, uh, the like, the thing is, it's not even so bad it's good acting. It's yeah. just very, like, wooden and just flat. Um, yeah. Not great. And then also the script and... Parts of it just feel kind of lazy. Um, like, again, when it's like, oh, actually, you're the last batch of Elm Street kids. And it's like, okay, well, what was Freddie doing this whole time? Like, you know, hanging around in Dream World while our parents were not being punished for burning him alive. Like, who even knows? Or any of the, you know, Amanda Kruger stuff. Um, however, I think all of it is made up for by, like you said, um, things that work, like the aesthetic, the 80s tone, just how like silly it is. Um, I don't think it takes itself too seriously, which also is a fine line um, for horror films. Yeah. Again, we love the effects. Um, yeah, I, I think everything outside of the human element in this works. <laughs> yeah. I think the human element. <laughs> element like doesn't work (laughs) but i think it's okay because i really don't care about what's going on i don't either this is that's the benefit like so horror movies are held to such high standards in some ways but also much lower standards in other ways a movie like this can be so great and get away with such shit ass acting well what i think is crazy about this genre probably more so than any others is the wild variability in like tone and quality like this film exists in the same genre as hereditary like unbelievable to think about that exactly whereas like i'm trying to think of another genre where that could even be true like could you have a drama like a truly true drama film that is as like no. divorce like two drama films as divorce you mean the other. room which was written as to be a drama <laughs> i mean Actually, yeah, that, I, that's, yeah, that's you can't. probably the only example. Well, I mean, I guess like, yeah, right. It, it's, it, it would it's, be, yeah, it would be like comparing the room to Prince of Tides, <laughs> which itself isn't that great of a drama film, but still. Right. Yeah. Anything else on what works and doesn't? I think we should do Prince of Tides for the next episode. Um, no. We know that. What? is your what does your video game look like okay so first of all i just want to tell us about the nightmare and elm street nes game yes please do did you know about this i did i did not i wasn't 
prepared to talk about it. So I'm glad that you will. I'm not really prepared to talk about it either. Oh. I just have a feeling from what I saw, uh, it was produced by LJN, um, which are notorious for very good looking, uh, but terribly played games uh, of that era. So LJN okay. has a bunch of Super Nintendo and NES games, which are a lot of them... Um, movie properties or TV properties and they oftentimes look good but play terribly this game actually for the NES like I was kind of just talking about I think it because it came out maybe closer to the end of the NES cycle like life cycle okay. um it looks really good like it looks hmm. very colorful um I believe you're Freddy I think like platforming and killing kids <laughs> but maybe it's the opposite awesome and maybe you're the kids trying to stop Freddy I don't know um yeah. I, I have a video game idea but what why don't you tell me yours first uh psychonauts but nightmare on elm street that's really good so that's really well would you be the kid or would you be freddy you would be the kid you would not be freddy so i get you could you could do it both ways i so yeah to me you're like Kristen, and she kind of goes to like a dream warriors like school where she's learning to hone her dream powers and she gets she realizes she has the power to go in other people's dreams and so she ends up going in like all of the different kids dreams and you can kind of flesh out in a, in a in a way that's way more creative than this movie is like how each each one of their kids has their own like themed and every single time there's maybe this like horror element where you have to escape freddy i don't know if i would if i would be a platforming adventure like psychonauts is or if you could actually turn that into like a horror a true horror game where you're like first person or third person maybe in each of these dreams and I, I liked that the most. I, I do like the idea of a fighter, like an actual fighting game um, where you can actually use these stupid powers that everybody has. <laughs> oh, man. A fighting game would be kind of tricky because they wear, even in the dream world, there's nothing besides Taryn and besides Will a little bit. Right. There's nothing about their like costuming that makes them that distinct. No, nothing at all. Yeah. What does yeah. your game look like? So this is kind of boring and kind of a cheat, but I kind of thought of a Friday the 13th alike. Okay. Or, uh, so uh, Friday the 13th, which we have played. Um, yes. Pretty fun game uh, to play online with groups of people. Uh, if you don't know the game. Not um, the original NES one. But no, the, the no, third, no, no. The, the, the new the 3D one. Yeah. yeah. The newest one for uh, PS4 a generation. Um, but essentially you can either be Jason um, or a camper. Um, and if you're Jason, you kind of wander around different campsites to find the campers to kill them. And if you're the campers, you kind of run around the campsite to find different ways to escape or kill Jason. I was thinking, let's just do that with Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, you could be Freddy or you could be one of the kids. I also think each level could be wildly crazy because they could be these wild like dreamscapes and dream sequences. So you could have like, you know, the locker room of a high school transition into you know, like a movie theater or, you know, you could do whatever you wanted and make it kind of as surreal. The difference too, I think that would be really fun compared to the Friday the 13th game is because of Freddy's powers. I think it'd be fun if like Freddy got to have access to the map first and like plant specific traps in specific areas. So like if you chose to hide in a bathroom, for example, if Freddy had set a trap in that mirror, like hiding in that bathroom would kill you because the mirror would come alive and grab you and Freddy would like slash your eyes out or whatever. Hmm. I like um, it. I think that works well. Not super original, but I I, I like the Friday the 13th game. I just thought cranking that game up to 11 with some really surreal spaces and abilities would be pretty fun. I think this would be better if you yeah. actually realize this. It would be better yeah. than the Friday the 13th. Yeah. 
would you want to live in this world? If you say yes, I swear I, I'm going to think something's very wrong with you. Um, absolutely, I'm going to say yes for a variety of reasons. No. Okay, number one, my parents have never burned anyone to death while being alive. The person, not them being alive. I would sure. think they would be alive while burning. But what about the world? It actually intrigues you. The ability to have dream powers. Yeah. Well, because it would mean you like. You can't have everything you want. Well, you can't have your parents I, not murder no, a pedophile. Well, okay. And then it would, get dream powers. But it would be like the dreamlands of like Nameless Kadeth or whatever, like those HP Lovecraft. Like those would probably exist. Like I'm sure you could you know, commune and enter the dream world. I would absolutely want to live in this world. I absolutely don't. Why the hell would I want to live in a world where there's a possibility that somebody could kill me in my dreams? Do you think, okay, you think think Beth is burning, you know, Freddy to death? Can we not bring up Beth? (laughs) Listen, there's a lot of Beth in these episodes. I just love that talking about and my she mom. Would, she would she would never burn a man. She would she, never. Child, listen. I know Beth, and Beth would pray for his soul. She sure would. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Kingdom Hearts Corner. Yeah, um, I pretty... was. I don't know if I was very original with this. Um, so I, 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 I was really trying to search for the name of the level and the Keyblade, and I was very unoriginal with both of them because I could not get the same thing out of my head. I mean, the so, name of the level, I would really hope you went with the most obvious one. I, uh, maybe I went with the Nightmare. And so I went, <laughs> I went with Elm Street. Oh, oh, see, I, I, well, but there's, there's no Elm Street in it. It takes place in a hospital. I, I mean, Elm Street's in the mix. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, can you can excuse my not, you can see why I didn't pick it. Uh, I did the nightmare because they're it's just, they're all it, the whole thing takes place in a nightmare. So you got Sora and company arrive and they put in a group nightmare with all the kids and and Nancy, and they kind of help each kid defeat like a respective heartless mini boss, which then grants that kid their dream power, and eventually you all just fight Freddy together, uh, and he maybe turns into like a heartless too, something like that. I like that. It all takes place in a dream, so you can do like a lot of different things with it rather than have I don't know. I couldn't even think of like the Elm Street Elm Street aesthetic because there's no Elm Street in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, what was your Keyblade? I I called it Dream Warrior. I just I, I could mean, not think of another not, name. I, that's not bad actually. So I so I've got this like regular Keyblade shaft with and like the blades are just like five like Freddy finger blades poking out from the side, and the shaft and the handle are all wrapped in Philip's bloody tendons. <laughs> That I really like. And uh, the the keychain is Kristen's mom's head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I, I love it. Thank you. What about you? Um, Okay, so mine, uh, let's see, I'm preparing some things for my fan fiction. Um, So mine, it's just called Elm Street. Although you're right, it takes place at the hospital, but I'm going to call it Elm Street. Okay. Um, so I would put this game specifically in, which we don't usually do, but I would specifically put this, uh, world in the game dream drop distance. Okay. Just because the game I haven't played. So you'll have to, you'll have to guide oh, me through this okay. a little but bit. It's, it's essentially like, uh, it's a guide through dreams, right? So like sure. each world okay. is a dream in that game yeah. or it's like a dream, it's a dreaming world. So you have to like wake it up, whatever. Um, so I think it would make sense in that game. Um, the Keyblade, uh, I call the Dream Trimmer um, because, you know, Freddy's blades are hedge like trimmers. It. Yeah. Um, so the shaft would be like this burned, twisted, like wooden shaft that would look like his burned skin. 
Um, and then it would have like a sharp, like finger metal blade at the top. I also figured it would be a fire elemental keyblade because he, you know, gets burned to death. Um, I never care about where the keyhole is. In my notes, I put inside Goofy's Corpus Colossum. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't care. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, and the plot would be, yeah, like, I mean, basically what you said. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so should we should we talk about what we're doing with this segment or should we save that for another episode? We're going to retire this segment um, in the near future. Yeah. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that. It's because, you know, we're getting to the point where every keyhole is in Goofy's Corpus Colossum and we're really just <laughs> running out of ideas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come up with something else. But yeah, I yeah. think I think uh, Kingdom Hearts Corner has run its course and and we're going to send it off in, in, a great, in a great way. For now, yeah. In a big way. Um, fan Fiction Corner. So, as always, I'm sure you're, you found something that, that's more interesting than what I found. I'm just going to note a couple things I found in passing that are not specifically Dream Warriors related. They're just general Nightmare on Elm Street. There is a Sonic the Hedgehog crossover. It's stupid. It's called Nightmare on Sega Street. Oh, it's God. unfortunately not very good. Um, so... The one fan fiction I found that I thought was worth talking about is called A Nightmare at Springwood High. It is a prequel to this movie where all the kids are at school and they are all big Dokken fans. Do you know who Dokken is? I don't. Dokken is the name of the band that wrote the song Dream Warriors. And so they have a group like Dream slash Nightmare where they all hang out with glam metal band Dokken and its members. And then they wake up and find out it was all a dream. I mean, that's And that's how it ends. That's fitting. I get that. It's very stupid. Um, I like that. I I went in a different direction. I, like you, was having a really hard time finding non-Dream Warrior specific uh, things. And the Dream Warrior stuff I found was pretty boring. Um, what I did actually find is a fan fiction crossover that I think works for us technically because okay. um, it's not, it's amateur. It's not paid oh. um, because it is a crossover. I just sent you some images from it in the chats. Why don't okay. you open those up? All right. And tell me what you see. Tell the viewers out there what you see. Oh, actually I can here. I can send you the whole link. Okay. okay. I will send you the link. Please scroll, do. scroll through. Uh, and as you're scrolling through, looking at the pictures, I will uh, describe what it is. And then when I'm done describing it, I would like you to tell the people about the pictures that you, that you see. I will do that. Okay. Oh. So what I found while I was looking My goodness. Um, is a, uh, an unlicensed power Rangers, Freddy Krueger crossover. Um, that looks as professional as professional could be. Yeah. Looks phenomenal in terms of comic book art. Uh, but this is an, it's independent. It's, it doesn't have the support of either, you know, property, but it's so well done and well written. Um, and like, just look at the images. They even have references to some of the movies. Like if you scroll down to the image, of one of the rangers he also is being puppeteered uh like the character in uh dream warriors oh yeah that? yep um tell yeah tell us about the art tell us about what you see <clears throat> it's very cool it actually kind of reminds me of like 80s x-men comics like yeah. just like the color palette 
Um, so the, the, the cover is like Freddie with his, his hands stretched out like hugely with his like blade fingers curled and like all of like the power Rangers are like very small kind of in the palm of his hand with the, with their helmets off, like kind of ready to fight him. Um, noticeably the yellow Ranger has two blades, which, you know, make me think of the switch blades and all that. Can we also talk about how all of them look good, except that for some reason, the yellow Ranger looks like she was photoshopped in. Yes. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very much so. Or they just forgot to put her in and they're like, I don't know. We'll put her up there, I guess. Yeah. Um, there's like a shot and another panel of like Freddie slashing someone's stomach and they're like intestines and blood coming out, which is pretty neat. Uh, who is he talking to in that scene? Who is he talking to? Also, do you know who those people are that he's gutting? Look at them. I don't wait. Who is this? Who is he gutting? It says in the, in the block things didn't turn out so well for our friends. Bulk oh, bulk and skull. skull. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's basically like Freddy runs afoul of the Power Rangers. I love like this battle scene that's a little bit later on. There's yeah. all of them, including the White Ranger, in their battle poses, and it says Power <clears throat> Rangers. Yeah. Um, and then Freddy's, you know, like flicking them off and then um making fun of their spandex. The Red Ranger charges at him, and Freddy uses like a gum gum whip. To yeah. Not, yeah. Not the Red Ranger <laughs> it's away. great. And then scroll all the way to the bottom for an alternate oh, cover that is even better. Cover. That's yeah. almost better. It's it's an it's a it's for the listeners. It's a it's the Nightmare on Elm Street one poster with Nancy in bed or with someone in bed, kind of covering themselves up with a sheet, and then Freddy's like claw, like kind of above them appearing. But uh, this is specifically the Pink Ranger. You're, you're right. It, you see yes. her little morph charger. Yes. 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 There. Correct. So that's what I found. Um, if you wanna, yes. If you want to uh, look it up, it is called Power Rangers colon A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's a fan comic. Um, give it a look if you're even remotely interested. Um, it just, even just the art looks very cool. Just check out. So Nice. Yeah. All right. Do you have any um, others? No, I was, was so in, I was so intrigued by that one. Well, that was Nightmare on Elm Street then. Three. Three. Dream Warriors. Dream uh, Warriors. What have you been, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been very busy lately. Uh, I have been playing a little bit of triangle strategy when I can. Nice. Um, what else? I have been continuing to continuing to read one piece. Um, and I also have recently picked up an old book series that I started in college that I never finished. Uh, it's a YA series. Um, I don't know if it actually has a title for what the whole series is called, but the first book is called Tunnels, um, okay. and it's a Y series. I think it's like six books. Um, they came out when I was in college. I know absolutely no one that's ever heard of them or read them. I'm obsessed with them. I think they're amazing. Hmm. I read, I think, the first four in college and then just never carried on with it. So I'm rereading from the beginning. The first book is called Tunnels. Um, I can't remember the authors. There are two authors. It's really good. It's really good, and it's a series that no one has like ever heard of. So Interesting. Yeah. How about you? Uh, been watching more One Piece, playing more Elden Ring. Uh, the most notable thing I've seen recently, other than rewatching the Batman two more times, uh, was Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. You texted me about this, did I? <laughs> yeah, uh, and you said it was must watch. It it is must watch. Yeah. It is so stupid in the greatest way. 
it, it's it's uh it's Chris and Wig and Annie Mum Mumlo. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. The the, the co-writers of the uh, an Academy Award nominated screenwriters of Bridesmaids. Correct. Have made just an absolute ridiculous, like stupid, absurd comedy that just there aren't enough of them nowadays. And I treasure this. I would say, do do I think it's an absolutely outstanding movie? No. Did I laugh a lot? Absolutely. Uh, It is very, so very stupid and very funny. All right. Well, I mean, just, yeah, your description of it made me, um, made me want to see it. So, and I mean, those two together, I think are, yeah, a very, very funny duo. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, uh, we don't know what we're doing next week, but we've got some ideas. We're kicking some things around, kicking some things around. We'll get it. Uh, We'll get it. Um, Oh, we should also mention that unintentionally, this kind of concludes our like dream trilogy, I guess. I guess so. Our our almost kind of unintended dream trilogy. It was very unintended. But as I was thinking about Nightmare on Elm Street 3, I was like, this is a lot of weird parallels to Bloodborne. Yeah. Like shared dream spaces, dream warriors kind of being eviscerated by things. Yeah. The dream warriors are like hunters, but terrible. Well, and completely ineffective. I mean, some of them were terribly ineffective. I guess so. I'm just thinking like main characters versus, yeah. Yeah. Bye.